This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the Wings of Blue Cheese Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast, with more shows on the way very soon. Find these shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit our website posted in the episode description. Now, without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, and more. The Buffalonian Podcast. All right. Let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss and Dom. I'm coming back right from New Jersey, fresh from the Meadowlands, from MetLife Stadium. And uh, it is not not a good report we have going on here. Uh, the Bills fell in overtime 22-16 to to the New York, Gi- New York Jets. The Giants lost 40 to nothing. I apologize. The night before in the same stadium. But, you know, it's never a good start to the season, losing especially to a division rival on the road in such – amazing fashion not amazing in a good way spectacular fashion um what are your just i guess general thoughts i mean mine it's a, there's a lot of negative i tr- i tend to try to look on the bright side of things but i mean what are your thoughts after this I, you know I, from watching it at home i should say i think it was one of those games especially watching it was your your brain is telling you to turn off the tv stop watching it and for some reason, you're still sitting in front of the TV watching the game. Especially after the fumble by Allen, uh, I wanted to leave the room and just forget about it. But the power of the NFL, man, has that, that magnetic pull towards you. You can't, you just can't. can't Monday Night Football. Can't get away from it. Um, Unfortunately so. not. I don't know. It's it's really, I don't know. The, 2000, the 2010s Bills fans come out of the woodwork after a game like this, all right? I mean... Twitter blew up. The media, of course, they have to report on it. Um, The first episode of the new Undisputed I've ever watched was today. Um, Just they're talking about, of course, first of all, elephant in the room, two elephants in the room. Um, We do have to just say Mike Williams, the former wide receiver for the Bills, has officially passed away um, after a false report last week, I believe. Didn't that? Isn't that what happened? I I it was reported last. I haven't followed the story that closely, but it, yeah. it, it seemed to me that they they he was still he was on life 36 support. years old, I believe. So that's very sad for Bills fans. He was a Buccaneer before Bills, so anybody who's had the opportunity to play with him has had nothing but good things to say about him. So our hearts go out to his family and uh, prayers as well. So um, unfortunate that that happened, and then also unfortunate Aaron Rodgers' like season is over with the New York Jets. Um, seeing that live, that was definitely interesting. Uh, you, I saw him get carted off the field. I knew he was going into the tent. You see him stand up after the hit, and then he just and then falls back down to the ground. He shakes his head. So I mean, I from I didn't see all the angles having sat at the stadium. Like what what did it look like? The injury. I've seen the replay of it, I guess. But in that moment, did you know exactly what happened, or was it like was it like you had no idea? It could have been ACL. Could have been anything. Well, I mean, it could have been anything. Um, you know, we really, I think we weren't, didn't really get a good zoom. Obviously, when you zoom on, it looks like his calf, you know, it, that's a tell sign, you know, 
a sign that an Achilles injury happened, but it was reported as an ankle injury. Um, you didn't really see that the ankle, like, you saw that it got stuck on the ground a little bit, but yeah, it was definitely um, a rough moment in the game. Obviously, you don't want to see anyone getting hurt, even as a you know competitor on the on rooting for you know the Bills and all that. Like, it's a huge storyline for the NFL that's gone out the window, and especially after the game, like the Jets are a team that with that defense that they had the elite quarterback mm-hmm. in Aaron Rodgers, like they could have made some serious noise. So um, it's definitely unfortunate and. Listen, you also have to just give a massive amount of credit to the Jets that they kept playing, kept sticking around, and we'll talk a lot about it, but you know, the Bills allowed them to do that and it, it really proves shows a lot to the, the Jets character to, you know, rally around Zach Wilson and Yeah. That's a that's a big time win for them and I mean it's probably in the top five worst losses I've ever saw I've, in the games I've ever witnessed as a Bills fan. I mean right. it's up there with thirteen seconds. The At least Houston, 13 seconds we were in it. Doesn't, in it. Doesn't, I mean, 13, I feel sec- for... 13 seconds, Houston game, Urban Meyer game, this game. I mean, it's probably four at least. And Yeah, Urban Meyer game, that was bad. That was, I don't think it's one. as – I don't think – I'm not as embarrassed as I was after the Urban Meyer no, game. No, because the Jets have a great defense and great talent, and they rallied around the cause of Aaron Rodgers going down, so they had a lot going into it. Yeah, so. I, I, but I, I, I have to say I've in. never felt in this game – more lower than the Bills' chances in a tie game than I've ever felt in my entire life. No, I like you said, I had more faith in them with 13 seconds after putting up all those points within the last two well, minutes Well, I mean, of that's just a gimme, but... But, I mean, I don't you're know. Playing, you're playing a team that should be an inferior opponent of Zach Wilson as your quarterback. I never... Well, especially when, after the Garrett Wilson touchdown, I just did not believe... I mean, mm-hmm. the pessimist in me just was like... It's when we stood up and stood by the concourse. You know, I, I didn't look at the dictionary to see if they have a definition for the term Billsy, but I, I'm participating... You know, whoever makes those... I don't think you want to look at the New words, I, I would... That, that was a Billsy loss. Yeah. Lost. But after the game, you know, we're 24 hours removed. Well, we're not 24 hours A little removed. under. A little under. You'll but, be hearing it around 24 hours But removed, um, so. the Jets are cooled, and I have some takes after the game. New segment of Dom's five takes. Take number one. Leonard Floyd is the most underrated Bills move of the offseason. He's the most – probably we had a conversation about who is the most underrated Bill. It may be Leonard Floyd. We talked a lot about what this Bills team was going to look like with Von Miller. Who was going to start opposite of Greg Rousseau? Was it Boogie Basham? Was it A.J. Dampel? Heck, was it Shaq Lawson? We talked more about the interior defensive line. We talked more about Greg Rousseau. We talked more about middle linebacker, right tackle, cornerback two. It felt like we completely, of the new additions, we talked more about Hardy, Sherfield, Harris. Yeah, we kind of overlooked the edge Heck, rushing. Kyle yeah. Allen got more views, yeah. but more talked about from even from us, from Leonard Floyd. And that man had five pressures, had a sack. Obviously, he was a part of the play that uh, hurt Aaron Rodgers. So he had a he had a monster game, and it makes me feel very good about that. Was a could be a potential question mark about Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, now with, with no, without, solid. even without Vaughn having him and Greg Rousseau, who had a great game as well, um, makes me feel really good. And especially when Vaughn comes back, it doesn't feel like there's pressure now on Vaughn when he comes back to be like, hey, we need you to be special. It's like no. We have now this kind of three alignment. Greg Rousseau now can also play a little bit more inside, and you can have Vaughn, and it just opens no, up I so think, much for this defense. I think you're 100% correct. He is definitely one of, if not the most underrated player on the Bills, and not only because, you know, his performance last night. Of course, it's going to go back to he's the one who got Aaron Rodgers. He's the one who, you know, whatever. But it's it. I think that was 
depth wise, the best one of the best possible scenarios they could have gone with. He's hungry. He wants it. They they did a great job. He did a great job last night of getting after the quarterback. It wasn't just one time. He's mm-hmm. back there quite frequently, you know, and it's it's exciting to see that we have depth at that position because now Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and even Maybe AJ Epinesa. I don't know. I thought Shaq Lawson played better than AJ last night. So. Yeah, well, Shaq Lawson. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think those four, and maybe AJ fringe fifth, whatever. Um, just being on the roster depth wise, that is that is one of the most underrated rooms now because of Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Floyd. So my second take. This is going to be probably the most controversial on the list, in my opinion. Okay, all right. I I'm believe ready. the Buffalo Bills when they won the coin toss in overtime should have deferred. Now, I will get the argument that you have a, a $250 million quarterback. You have, you, if you defer, you're gonna, yeah, it shows that you lost faith in him or whatever. I just believe if the Bills wanted the best chance to win that football game, def- kick, the ball, off, kick mm-hmm. the ball off the Jets, your defense was dominant all night long, put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands in overtime. If he makes a Zach Wilson-esque mistake, you're there. The Bills were moving the ball without even with the Josh turnovers a little bit, so that I feel like... You know, they had a better chance to go down and kick a field goal. I, I just goal. believe yeah. they had a better chance of ending the game via a field goal than having to drive down, score a touchdown, and the Bills get a stop. I just think, again, I could I could get the argument that you have a franchise quarterback, you trust him, but I just believe he th- had an off night. I, I I agree. Okay, like I know we were talking before. I I'm going into this blind. Okay, I have no idea what Dom's five takes are. Um, we were talking before that this one could be a little on the controversial side on my end and listeners' ends. I don't disagree with you, though, because at the same time, yeah, you know, it shows you lost faith in your high, highly paid quarterback a little bit. But why wouldn't you after a performance that's somewhat lackluster and he seemed to be getting in his own head and tearing himself apart? I would have put the ball in the defense's hands as well, because that's been that's what kept the Bills in the game to begin with. Matt Milano have already on on route for an all pro season. I'm ready for it. Milano, my favorite defensive player um, cooking and if. You know, Leonard Floyd, like we even just talked about, the defensive line was putting pressure on the quarterback. It, the run was a little iffy, but you got Brees Hall back there and Dalvin Cook. They, they're going to they're gonna run. That's going to happen. You're going to give up some runs. I think I agree with you. I think the best situation could have been to put the ball in the hands of the defense and really just have them hammer them down, punt, and get in field goal position and kick the game-winning field goal. Well, when you have field. Tyler Bass just made a 50-yarder. I mean, barely. It was a but, dunk, but, but listen, he won it. He is, and he's dependable. And I, I, I just believe that the Bills, I think that was the best chance for the Bills to win the game if they deferred. My third take. Is that more of a hindsight thing? You think you would have said that in I the moment? I said that in the moment. You said it in the moment? Okay. I said that All in right. the moment, yes. I would. I wasn't thinking that in the moment, but that's more of a hindsight thing for me, but I, I appreciate that. That's a good thought. It, I, I like it. I, I just... It's it's tough when you have Josh and Is this I, the opposite of undisputed, by the way? We're not arguing. I don't know. But <laughs> my third take is this. Joe Brady needs a significant more blame assigned to him. Absolutely. Josh Allen, a yes. thousand percent should get a lot of the blame. Four turnovers, single the one thing the Bills could not do in this game is turn the ball over, give short fields to the Jets. Multiple times had opportunities when they were driving around midfield to maybe even get a couple yards and get a field goal turnover. The fumble was a gifted three points. I mean, they mm-hmm. get them three points. The short field on the touchdown. The two turnovers when they were around midfield-ish, so they could have potentially had sustained drives to field goals. Josh Allen deserves a lot of blame for that. I thought Ken Dorsey is getting too much blame. I believe Ken Dorsey is getting too much blame. You're the right. Second, the second, I haven't heard Joe the, Brady's name one the time. The second 15 was a tough call. I understood where he was coming from from the perspective of this. 
The Bills multiple times throughout the game used draw plays to stymie the Bill, the Jets' pass rush to come up the field, and they would then do the draw and then catch them up, the D-lineman upfield, and drive past them. Now, they got stopped a couple times. I don't think it was a great play call. Quinn Williams, John Franklin Myers, they beat their blocks. Mm-hmm. So, in hindsight, that draw play could have got seven yards, but obviously it didn't work. Taking the ball out of Josh's hands, I don't think was the most ideal situation there. So, that right. was a bad play call. I don't think Dorsey had a bad night. I think Josh Allen is to blame. But I also think, listen, man, the quarterback coach is to blame a little bit for this, too. Like, mm-hmm. he's also coaching Josh. He's he's the one in Josh's ear on the sidelines for the most part. I mean, Ken Dorsey is up top calling plays. I know you could call down, but Joe Brady, I think, deserves a lot more blame than he's getting because no one really seems to talk about him, but you are the quarterback's coach. And even, heck, even Kyle Allen in the preseason was a little sloppy with the football. Matt Barkley had three interceptions in the preseason. Yeah. Like, Every all quarterback the, had a stint of being sloppy. All, all the mm-hmm. quarterbacks have been incredibly sloppy in game action, and eventually that has to fall back on the position coach, in my opinion. I agree. I This is another one. I, I'm, I'm going to say I agree to pretty much everything here because I think uh, you do have a solid analysis so far unless something really jarring comes up. But Joe Brady definitely deserves more blame. You're right. Ken Dorsey is getting a lot of the blame. And pe- I've heard a lot of people talking about Brian Dable. Um, if – we had Dable as our OC. This stuff wouldn't be happening. Dable liked to get a little cute too sometimes with certain things. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying Dorsey's perfect. Like absolutely not. He's a year two play caller. He's still learning a little bit. He's getting figured out. McDermott also calling the defensive plays for the first time in a while since Frazier's out. That's kind of off the mark there. But I don't. I think Joe Brady does deserve part of the blame because you're right. We saw Barkley really struggle sometimes in the preseason, be very sloppy. And Kyle Allen struggled was very sloppy in Josh Allen last night that fumble I mean should have just fallen on it why pick it up and try I get it hero ball okay why do that though why not run the 20 yards on that first interception but heave it downfield 60 yards in the third down punt thing we were talking about this before the show but that that's ridiculous Joe Brady does deserve part of the blame because Ken Dorsey was the quarterback coach before him and Josh was a lot cleaner. He's still, you know, he's 84 turnovers in his career. Is that where he's at now? Yeah. He's still, yeah, turnovers, but there was a lot more payoff. But Joe Brady, I don't know. I, I do agree he deserves some of the blame for this, and he's being left out of a lot of conversations, which I've noticed quite frequently. My my fourth take is Josh Allen is the reason the Bills lost the game, mm-hmm. but the most concerning performance from the game is Jordan Poyer's. Because he looked washed. And I'm willing to be like, it's one game, it's week one. He looked bad in that big run against Jalen Warren in the preseason. And there is the Brees Hall run was bad. The sec- the other Brees Hall one that run for 26 yards he should got, have been easily bottled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't make the play. And also, late in the game when the... Can we just talk about Benford flying well, up on that first once, one, though? Once, but but, but uh, later in the game, too, Alan Lazard makes a catch and... Poirier whiffs on him and he gets an extra 10 yards. Benford made a nice play. I will say this about Benford very quickly, but we'll get into Benford. Mm-hmm. That play will be the most underrated play of the season. Yeah. Because that should have been a game-winning play. We'll never get the credit it deserves. Nope. Yeah. Because that was pure, pure hustle. But going back to Poirier, mm-hmm. it's a brutal game on his end. Hyde looked amazing. I thought Michael Hyde played a very good game. I am incredibly concerned about Poirier because he did not look good in the preseason, didn't look good week one. This is a guy that's a warrior. He's done so much for his franchise. I, I, I got to start believing that the injuries and him playing through the MCL and the elbow maybe have caught up to him. And 
Taylor Rapp, I don't think looked very good last night. The healthy scratch Demar Hamlin, I they're not. I I'd be shocked if they start putting someone else in for a spot. But it was definitely a, a concerning performance that I believe Josh will improve. And this is just a very low for Josh. I'm concerned at of Jordan Poirier's performance. Now. Okay, I can understand that. This is I, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also gonna offer a little bit. I I'm more on the side of okay. It was week one. You're right. He was kind of rusty in the preseason. Looked a little rusty. Didn't. I think by the end of a couple weeks or whatever, by next week, you might see a different Jordan Poyer. I think him and Hyde are going to be a little more coherent. Hyde was. You're right. I mean, he was. He played very well. I have no complaints about him. But Poyer did get cooked on a couple plays, and I think this might be a reality check at this point. Like, same with Allen. I think it's a quote unquote reality check. You 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 were humbled. You were humbled by a backup quarterback that was benched last year for Mike White and for I don't being think I don't think Jordan Poirier should be humbled by that. But Micah Hyde looked Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier are the same age, and Micah Hyde looked a lot fresher and a lot better than Jordan Poirier. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't think it's a long term worry. I think it'll come around. But I do understand what you're saying with this. I I, I, I am very concerned. I'm I'm incredibly concerned because at some point. He's 32, battle through injuries. Eventually, it catches up to you, and it may have. And it's, that's a serious concern, and I like Jordan Poirier. I think he's a fantastic player, but it's definitely something where, I mean, if that continues to happen, I mean, I don't think I don't know what the Bills are going to really do, but um, so that, that's something to look at. And my, my fifth take is this. The Bills will be fine. The thank Bills, you. Thank you, the, thank you, thank you. Continue. The Bills will be fine. Our hearts, have, however, will not. We will all need to see a cardiologist after the season. I think I blew a couple blood vessels during yes. that game. My, we, my left, my whatever, what what is it like left artery? Is that how I would explain that? Is caved in, I think. Ventricle, My maybe? clavicle, I ventricle, don't, I don't something. Know. I don't know. I'm just, our hearts will not be, but the bills, I believe, will be fine. Listen. Eat light for the next 90 days. Your blood pressure l- did spike listen, last night. Listen, Joe Burrow. And the Bengals scored three points against the Browns. Yes. The Browns own Joe Burrow. It's time to just say it. The Jets' defense owns Josh Allen. Robert Salas had Allen's number for the past few years. That's and they only are going to see him one more time. Maybe they're, two. They're not. Well, okay. Guaranteed one more time. <laughs> Guaranteed Excuse once, me. maybe twice. The Raiders' defense next week is not very good. No. Other than we'll talk about the matchup, but I think Max Crosby versus Spencer Brown will be huge. But I think this is yeah. a get-right game. The the Bill the Josh Allen will be fine. This defense looked really good. I know it was against Zach Wilson. It only goes up from and here. And I'm yes. Am I concerned with the defense that their run defense was a little lackadaisical? Absolutely. The tackling needs to improve. Mm-hmm. They were misaligned on that big run. Terrell Bernard, I think, is, is showed that he was. I mean, he just looks like a safety. I don't know what they're going to do with that, especially. I don't either. But it was also them. his first game. I don't think he played in the preseason at all. So you're right. But again, he was getting pancaked. He was. He was not shedding blocks in the run yeah. defense. That that concerns me. But the Bills are a team that are built to play the pass. Mm-hmm. Like Trey Wright, not a great one run defensive corner. Christian Benford, I think, is. Terry Johnson is. The safeties are more of a pass pass coverage safeties. You have more pass coverage linebackers because both Milano and Terrell Bernard are converted safeties. So I mean, it just they are more pass coverage, right? Uh, hence Milano picking off Zach Wilson last hence night. Hence Milano so. looking very good. So yeah, those are my takes. I I'm gonna comment on that last one hard here because oh 
my God, the faith is gone after a week one loss to a divisional rival who's had the number of Josh Allen for the past few years. Robert Sala, defensive-minded head coach. Defensive-minded head coach with a powerful Jets defense, powerful secondary, powerful line, middle line linebackers too. You're you're going up against a strong defense. They're not the same old Jets that everyone thinks, oh, that's an easy week one win. Come out. No, the Raiders, I would say, that's a confidence booster week. Absolutely. I, I might say that. But they're going to be absolutely fine. Keep the faith. Everyone, People are already saying the Bills aren't making the playoffs. Like, I've seen that on Twitter circulating from Bills fans. I'm like, are we, are we really, really going down that path right now? Because believe me, I was there. I was at. I was. I was literally there, and my mind is not even close to that yet. And I get it. I get it. People who have been around and seen them lose four Super Bowls in a row in the '90s are only here to see them win a Super Bowl. Trust the process. Have the faith. Keep the faith. Mount up, and just keep it going. Because the last thing you need to do is completely give up on them. Because trust me, I was at that stadium last night. It is not not fun to not be around a crowd so, at Bills Mafia. So the next thing I want to do is I want to quickly, briefly break down Josh Allen's four turnovers. Because okay, I like that. I want to do that as well. They're the, they're the reason the Jets won. I you know all credit to the Jets. I, you know, I said it before they played very hard. The Bills lost this game more than the Jets won the game, but the Jets put themselves in position to win the game by forcing the Bills to just absolutely just vomit on themselves. Just pure. Purely no. Bills played themselves pretty much. Purely like, throw up on themselves. So first interception was the running one. Was the running one on third and eight. He rolled out to the left, ran up to the about the line of scrimmage, and then hucked it all the way down the field, even though he had twenty yards of ground clearance with no linebacker in sight to run and get out of bounds so, and get the first down. Frustration with this. It's a three nothing game. Also, the Jets, I believe, had 13 points off turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double-check that real fast. Not counting the punt return, the fumble they kicked a field goal on, the interception they scored a touchdown on. Though, Yep, 13 points, because the only time they didn't get a turn, points off turnovers was the opening drive in the second half of the field goal. Okay. First interception, third and eight. You gotta run for the first down. You're at your own thirty-one. Right. You have a you have an ability to continue the drive. If you get the first down, you're in the you're in your own forty-yard line-ish. You're now driving, and you're gonna have a sustained drive against a team that literally you're winning three nothing. They just had a very poor drive of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is in the game at this point. You're winning three nothing. You really have an opportunity to potentially the have momentum a, is kind of going your way. Ti- yeah, yeah. Big time drive. Terrible. Next play after the interception is the long run, and they get a field goal. Mm-hmm. Three three game. Now you're up thirteen to three at the half. So they only had one turn. This is big. They only had one turnover in the first half. It's and three, it was that quote, and it was unquote, that punt. terrible play. Mm-hmm. You could run out of an arm punt. I'm I, I'm, I'm gonna not. look at that more of a negative point of view because yeah. that was a first down. That has to be a first down. That play had no no chance to draw a DPI. No chance for the receiver to make a play mm-hmm. on the. I mean, the receiver actually made a pretty decent play, but there was really no true chance for him to break up that one. Mm-hmm. Just a horrific decision. The interception then, so the Jets get a field goal and make it a seven-point game. First drive of the first second half for the Bills is the interception. I believe it was to Stephon Diggs, if I'm not mistaken, on the deep play. Yes. So, so second and 13. He tried to make a defensive play so as well. So you are in Jets territory. You're at the Jets 41. Yep. You have a good kicker. 
Right. You need to just throw the ball away. You need to just throw the ball away. Because if you throw the ball away, you're third and 12, just run a little little five-yard play or whatever, you're going to get yourself field goal range. Bass, you trust Bass in 50-plus. He, if he makes it, you're back up by 10, back up by two scores. Two scores is such a big... 10 points just seemed like such a big thing. to. That was the that was the mark. They were up by 10. Not at that point. Not at that but, point. It was 13-6 yeah. at the point. But just a horrific decision with the football. I know Quinn Williams is coming right at him. No one is really open on the play. You just got to throw that ball away, Josh. You just got to throw that ball away. That that throw cannot happen. Mm-hmm. Cannot happen. That mistake cannot happen, especially when just you're driving. Just to whip it down the field into double coverage, and Stefan Diggs has to make a defensive play, looking like a cornerback back there trying to swat the ball out of the, the, the defensive back's hands. So, I don't know. Th- then this is the killer one. Yeah. Third and two, you're at your own 43. You're still up 13-6. You are now under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The idea was not a bad idea. Inside leverage from the safety. Gabe Davis runs a bad route on the outside. A bad throw by Josh because he needed to throw that to the sideline. But you have Stefan Diggs. You have Dalton Kincaid to your left wide open. You have to be able to read the screen. The, the, whole, the whole field, excuse me. If he reads the field... First down, you move the chains. You're under. You're, you're gonna. You're under ten minutes at that point. You're gonna start a drive. You're gonna get close to midfield. Again, you're gonna get closer to potentially having a two-score lead. No, you throw an interception. Your defense is now in a short field. The Jets are able to capitalize, just only needing to get 57 yards for that touchdown to Garrett Wilson. All of a sudden, you're in a tie ball game. Yeah. No, I. I'm reliving it, thinking about him because I remember you know, the heckling Jets fans around me as this all happened. But it's just, that one was like, okay, the game at this point, I have no, I know they were still, weren't they? They were still, they were still ahead up by seven. Point. Still up by seven. They were still up by seven. But at that point, I was like, the momentum's currently swung in the opposite direction. It's the Jets game to lose at this point. They're going to go down and score either a field goal or, or they're going to throw a touchdown. And Zach Wilson was putting together in the running game. I mean, it, that took a lot of pressure off of him. And having Dalvin Cook, having Brees Hall, like that, that's dangerous. And to throw a ball like that, like all three of those, you gave, first of all, you gave Whitehead his incentive in his first game to get an extra $250,000 bonus on his contract. And second of all, it's just, I don't know, like I, I feel like we were saying how positive we should be still, right? Like we were literally just talking about this, how positive we should be. But at the same time, you have to kind of do a reality check and look back at this stuff and be like, okay, you know, it's always the apologizing. It's it it, it, it that's what happens all the time. Allen owns it well. I'm not even I'm not going after him for any of that. It's just the fact of, you know, when are we going to start seeing what he's saying come to fruition? Taking care of the ball, not leading into tackles and digging your head down. And when you could just run out of bounds and get the same amount of yardage. You know what I mean? We saw a lot of that yesterday. We saw a hurdle that didn't need to happen where he could get hurt. Aaron Rodgers left the game with the uh, torn Achilles, we find out. So, I mean, it's very real, very quick. Those three turnovers didn't help. Um, four it, turnovers. Four turnovers, technically, with that stupid fumble he should have just fallen on. But, again, we're getting negative. We're getting negative. No, we're it's not getting negative. It's, it, we're it, being real. It's I'm not realistic. being negative. It's being authentic and real. And then the fourth turnover is a turnover that made me almost want to vomit. Uh, just a play where the timing is off. As people would say, the, the snap was good. It was a good snap. Josh missed the ball. I think the timing is off with the motion from Trent Shurfield, I believe. So that's a play you just got to 
don't run to the middle of the line. Just fall on it. You're going to lose three yards. They kick a field goal. Um, that's tough. And then another negative I just have for Josh, and mm-hmm. maybe the offensive hole, they just did not win first down. No. Um, I really liked how they were doing the short passing games and doing paper cuts, but Josh, you weren't patient enough, and you made bad mistakes, and they were not winning on first down. There was multiple times on first down where they get these three-yard sacks or whatever because Josh runs out and gets tackled by the defensive tackle or mm-hmm. whatever. Just dumb mistakes and not winning on first down, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, you're that third, ten point lead. You're you had in second going and in. long and third and long against the Stevens. I and mean, we saw it. We saw it in in uh, overtime. Five yard penalty at the end. Your first fifteen. Yeah. First play, incomplete pass. Now it's second fifteen. Yeah, and you'd then, be mad about the draw, but like, why we shouldn't have been second and fifteen in second overtime. Second 15's a failure. And we shouldn't have even been so, in overtime as many people. The offense's so. inability to be staying on schedule and not shooting themselves in the foot with turnovers is the reason why the New York Jets won the game and the Buffalo Bills did not. Now, to to talk more positives, uh, uh, I, I like performances that. and what I think positive way. The Bills driving down the field and kicking field goal at the game was a positive. That was a mental hurdle to not just lose the game sixteen thirteen. I respected their ability to at least flush it for the moment right. and put an offensive drive together to kick a field goal. My frustration though with that drive though is that I thought they were a little too conservative. They took two plays. It took like a bit, like half their time to run like two or three plays, and they were you know, the offense pass interference happens. Right. Yeah. Also, it's thirty five seconds, and they're not even at midfield. It was like, well, you had a minute thirty or whatever. But I respect their ability to flush what happened and go, drive down. If you go, TB, my man, money doesn't matter how it goes Doink. in. It went through those uprights. Fifty yards with Sal all night. Obviously, the D line I thought played really well. Uh, Jordan Phillips looked really good too. Obviously, you have an All Pro Matt Milano. He played amazing. Hyde looked really good. Yep. I really liked what they used of Kincaid. I think there was actually going to be, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for Kincaid. I mean, he played. You're going to see more of 55. Him. I think he played like 80 percent of the snaps. That's inc- that a higher number than I expected. It was four for four, I believe, at the end yeah. of the day. I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Kincaid because he looked really good after the catch. I think you're going to see more. More options than that, and Diggs is just Diggs. Uh, big game from him. Yeah, so. I love when he flicks Scott, the, the Sauce Gardner. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. He kind of and, rotated and also, him around. Osiris Torrance, I thought, played very well too at right guard. So yeah. there's positives. My last negative, because I just have, I mean, I don't feel like it's right to end on a positive note uh, after this game, is that punt return is a failure by both the <laughs> coverage. And Sam Martin. Yep, Sam Martin. That was for, uh, what a time to botch a punt. First, first of, of first off, Jay Feely points this out. It's a terrible punt because all the coverage is going to the right, and he punts it. It's to out, the left. you're on the right hash. You you short arm it to the left, short kick it. To, I don't even know short. It's short arm it. You kicked it. I don't know. I don't, what the short pepper, kick. Whatever. Short kicked it to the mm-hmm. left. So that was a miss. And I think Emmanuel Acho, who I don't really like because he's a mega Dolphins fan. Actually, <laughs> I would I would highly recommend everyone. Look at his video about the failures of the Bills' punk coverage on it. It was very insightful how Cam Lewis, the first gunner, you want as a gunner, you want the person to go backwards. He didn't that he did not get that goal on his first attempt. The second gunner is Saran Neal. If you're eight yards away, you have to keep contained. He did not keep contained, let him bounce it. And the people in the middle of the field, you want he Acho made a good point how you want to be spread out like five yards away from each other to avoid what happened to the Bills. They were all congested. So well, it is a complete failure on the coverage. Sam Martin, I think, is most to blame, but everyone has a point. The Sam Martin tackle thing is the most overrated thing talked about. 
I, my, my boy was just going to punch the ball out. Like, do I think it was a great effort? No. Do I think he was going to just force the fumble? At that point, the game was over. If that at that point the game was yeah over. you're 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 grasping at straws at that point because he was already down into the within the five yard ten line, yard, 10 line, yard yeah. line like you're you're literally you're like i said you're grasping at straws you're, you're not gonna i i don't even I'm, so those are my positive negative all, all my takes yes i did end the dom five yeah the dom the dom five i i just i truthfully truthfully don't think it's anything to be horribly worried about yes it was it was atrocious it was it was egregious I, i'm not going to sit here and say that allen is it, it, not at fault for anything or you know the defense the defense was the, a lot of the reason they hung around for what they did and that's a big positive coming out of it and the offense a lot of it's negative so truthfully kincaid's a bright spot absolutely i think um james cook even somewhat mm-hmm. of a bright spot you know there 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 were you know how you used to make the little pinhole things in tinfoil to see the eclipses? And it's just dark except for that little dot? No, no you never did that as a kid? No? Mm-hmm. All right. So you, you make a pinhole and it's like the light comes through so you don't kill your corneas, that kind of a thing. Basically, it was that pinhole of brightness in the vast majority of darkness on the offense. But I, I think they'll bounce back. I'm not sitting here saying that they're not going to come back. Allen will have a great week next week. You heard it here first. I think the offense will cook next week for sure. James Cook is 0-2 now with, with Dalvin, though, unfortunately. Yes, Dalvin. But anyway, so keep, keep going. Just keep keep being a Buffalo Bills fan. Do not go back into the cave of the drought. It's not that deep. We don't have to worry about it. They're going to bounce back. My opinion, yes, Allen did have a bad game. And a lot of people's opinions will hear if Josh Allen is on this team, this team always has a chance to go the distance. And I think he will work on cleaning it up. I, I think we'll see more of that after this game. I think it was a reality check. And I I think you got to keep the faith and just stay supportive. That's that's all I have to say. Stay positive. There's no need to just get real negative with all of this. Yes, there are a lot of negatives that we have just talked about. But stay positive. Stay Stay hungry. We got it. I, I, I have good vibes feeling for the rest of the season. I'm not going to lie to you. So it's a divisional opponent. That's just what happened. Sorry. Go ahead. Should we talk <laughs> fantasy football and picks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I so so I'll, I'll pick up my week. Your week is eight crazy. teams. Mm-hmm. So I fortunately went 1-0 in both leagues, beating my brother in one league and then in our punishment league of our friends. Uh, took a fat dub. Tony P coming through with me over Darren Waller was up by... One one a little under two points going into Sunday football. I had Tony Pollard. My cousin had Darren Waller. Uh, obviously, Tony Pollard had a big game and got me the dub. But then I was uh, I, I, I you know fortunate to say I I'm playing Josh Allen in against my brother this past week and uh, mm-hmm. you know he had a bad Josh only had nine points so that helped me get a dub in that league. I do now have to say in my punishment league I am playing Josh Allen this week so. Back-to-back weeks is playing Josh Allen, but this week I will be rooting for him to score 50 points. You know, yeah, just because no, just because my brother's team sucks otherwise. So you know, I still <laughs> think I still think I will be able to get a win. Um, yeah. But we're doing a little ranking. You know, we said we were going to do a little yeah, ranking of my, my eight fans. Of your eight, teams. I'll, I'll just briefly point out my two. So for every week, I would prefer my punishment team goes one no compared to my family league. Yeah, but if you're telling me just based off winning the league i'd rather have my fan family league win just because for clout no no well 
first clout, yes. You know, you're right about that. Within family, you can but, brag about that. But for a year. there was a $10 buy-in, 12 players, oh, winner take all. That's 120 bucks. bucks. Yeah. The winning in our punishment league is the fact that you don't need to do the punishment. Well, if you finish ninth place in our punishment league, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, one yeah, to nine. As long as you're not dead yeah, last, yeah. you don't so have nothing to So I want to win about. the family league, but I would preferably go make sure every week I stay at least one above the last place person in our punishment league, yeah. which happens to be tied with you right now and the producer so yeah right yeah unfortunately um joe burrow is going to be sending me to do my punishment in that league um it kind of varies for me so i like i said i'm in eight fantasy football leagues which might sound like a crazy number um people are in a lot more i want to try best ball have you ever heard that just a quick sidebar here i heard it kind of i heard it makes the team for you you pick the team and then it it moves it for you like it's cpu based so um i know people who have like 120 best ball teams they just draft and then they just let it go and see what happens so i couldn't do that i mean i feel like that'd be interesting to try once i kind of like the fact that you make the roster moves yourself it's more of a gamble but anyway going to my eight teams i we'll go we'll go bottom up so i have a bunch of fun leagues right family friends from different sides of the family um you know it's just in my cousins it's 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 all just for fun it's all just for fun at seven and eight yeah it's nice to win those absolutely but if we're talking um compared to these other ones no because it's just i don't know um i don't know it's 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 for it's more for fun that's that's the best way to say it so then we have the my roommates lee i currently live in a house with four of my roommates and my girlfriend lives in a house with five roommates so the roommates league, all of us are playing each other. There is a punishment. It is nothing near what we do in our punishment league, though. It's like chugging a four logo or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's about it. Like it's nothing, no product placement or anything like that. But it's nothing egregious, like going to Tim Hortons and spending some some cash. Not even like that's egregious, like we talked about last week. But um, next is my work league with no money. I do have a work league for money. We'll get to that in a little bit. But this work league's kind of for clout. You know, you kind of you you work in the the sports radio kind of area, you, you kind of have to prove yourself a little bit. So you can't be, you can't be a schmuck team. So uh, that one's got, that was about middle of the pack right there on uh, winning it because no money involved, but it also does matter because you can go around bragging about that at work for the next year. So that's a pretty good one at four. We have the couples clash league, which I'm in with the producer, uh, Michael Mooch. And it's where the girlfriends draft the team. And then, the boyfriends manage the team. So one partner drafts, one partner manages. So my girlfriend, Morgan, drafted a fantastic team. I think we took you down in the first week, right? Right, producer? Yeah, we took him down in the first week. Absolutely. Uh, we are just the two of us. That's that's the team name there. So uh, we're, uh, we're, we're cooking right now. We're continuing that. That's a good one just for clout saying, you know, I could show that to people and be like, you know, my girlfriend could draft a better team than I can, which is definitely the case in most cases so anyway we're going to the third highest here the family league um this is my dad's side of the family conti's league it's called we've had this going for years uh i first took over and my one team was a tom brady rob gronkowski stack and i i was second in the league that year i ended up losing in the championship unfortunately but you do get a nice big trophy with your name engraved on it so you have to do it. That's that one. The trophy itself is ma- like that's a family bragging right. You get to take it home. It's got your name on it. It's engraved in history. So the trophy definitely. Then 
the work league for money at number two. $60 buy-in, and there are 10 of us, and it's winner-take-all. $600 payout if that comes out. That's a month of rent for me. That's big. That is big. But not nearly as big as the Punishment League because, oh, boy, oh, boy, do I not want to go and have to deal with this. It's, it's, you know, we talked about the Punishment that we chose last week. It's going to Tim Hortons. The number of Tim Hortons you have to go to are the number of losses you attained on the season. So 10 losses, 10 Tim Hortons. You have to start a pay-it-forward line and pay for the person's order behind you in the drive-thru. So could be a coffee. could be a $30, $40 bill. You do have to buy something for yourself every time you go through to order to go through the drive-thru. could be a $40 bill at minimum. It could be $100 maximum. That's kind of where I'm having it, $80 to $100 max. So, again, nothing absolutely egregious. Um, Again, let us know what you think about that and if that's something that you would do with your friends, if that gives you the idea. you know, it's it's all interesting, but that one I do not want to do that. And again, that is do nothing but c- not come in last. You have to come in ninth, eighth, seventh, sixth, fifth, fourth, or fir- third, second, or first. You have to. You cannot come in tenth, and that's all you have to do. I would be content coming in ninth place and just not having to do it like that. Like, but still, top priority not to come in last place in that league. Yes. I probably would have if I could do a one A one B. It would be the the money league, the work money league, and that because there's some serious money on that. So, um, but anyway, I that those are my eight fantasy football leagues. So keep you updated on those throughout can, can, the season. Can you give us uh, what is your record? Okay, let me let me uh, let me pull out the records here. Right, because, as you're pulling out the record, yeah. just just come all up. I have one quick sidebar. Okay, so um, as many of you probably don't know. My brother, grandma, and I are in a family league with about 50 other individuals. Uh, it's a significant buy-in for money. Last year, and you, and every year, you pick the games. Uh, the only games you don't pick are the games on thir- The games that are not non-Sunday and Monday games. So if a game is on Saturday, a game is on Thursday, we don't pick them. Obviously, if you're on your buy, you don't have a game picked. Last year, we had the great honor of finishing first place in this league by two games. The producer is on another team that significantly finished significantly lower than us in the standings. Um, but he won't let me talk about the details about that. But we did win the league, which is very exciting because uh, my brother and I and grandma usually don't do too hot in the league sometimes, even though we do so much football stuff. That was a great honor. Week one, the results came in, and uh, we did it solid. We went 10-5. Uh, really good week. I went 11-5 personally because I did pick the Lions on Thursday night, but that doesn't count in the league. Uh... We finished tied for first in the league, you know, with 10 wins. And the system is, you know, first, second, third, and fourth place each week uh, get a certain, you know, amount of money. Unfortunately, we did not finish in the top four in the tiebreaker. So every week you say how many total yards between the two teams on Monday Night Football are. Uh, this week was obviously the Bills-Jets game. Uh, week 18, the last week, obviously since there's no Monday Night game, we just do whatever game the Bills whoever put the Bills play in week 18. So with the, the Bills, Jets, even though the game went overtime, had a 6.03 tiebreaker, and unfortunately we went a little high with the 7.50 tiebreaker, and the guy who finished in first had a pretty low tiebreaker close to it, and the guy who finished in fourth, I believe, tiebreaker was 7.13. So we were 37 yards off from winning money. It's heartbreaking. I am incredibly saddened by that. We did, however, pick the Browns over Bengals correctly, 
and the Packers over Bears. Very proud of those two picks. We lost the Dolphins game. I don't want to get talked. I don't want to talk about that choke job. <laughs> Somehow the Rams beat the Seahawks. Don't even want to t- discuss that. That that was incredibly, um, incredibly sad. And we did go. Unfortunately, honestly, we lost because we lost the Monday night game because we hit the Bills. We went seven and one in the one o'clock games, which is elite. Yeah, only lo- good. only losses the Vikings over lost the Bucks. We unfortunately though went two and three in the four o'clock hour because we lost the Dolphins game, the Rams game, and the Raiders game. 0-3 yeah. there. Uh, so, overall, solid week. We are going to, but, you know, as as Josh says, you know, we're going to improve. Uh, we're going to think about our thought process, maybe pick some more upsets. Um, but, overall, solid week. So, now, did that give you enough time to look it at your eight plenty leads? of time, Thank yeah. You. And Nice filibuster for I, me. I should run I, for Senate. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, like like McCarthy, right? Just, just sit there and talk. Anyway, mm-hmm. I personally, here's here's how it goes. So, Right now, out of the eight teams, five of them are one and zero. Three of them are zero and one, and you know why? Because well, I, I mean, Joe I, Burrow, assume, I assume you didn't win tie. I had Joe Burrow and Josh Allen as the quarterback. And the what, other, what three leagues did you lose? I lost the punishment league, the lowest. <laughs> so your score. number one, your number one. Can we get the rankings back up? Yeah, yeah. The, the number one, the number one league, I lost that week one, eighty nine to eighty seven. So garbage pig game. How did you lose? Um, I lost because oh, I'm trying to look. What it's, are the reasons? What you lost because you had Joe Burrow score three points. I'm in the league, so I give yes. an update. And the fact that Garrett Wilson caught that touchdown and killed you. Yes, and you lost. I, I just FI Joe in that league had the lowest score of the ten teams. He lost the guy that had the second lowest score. Right. So it was, literally it was a, pig a, game. a, a, it was a burn, bad. a garbage bin. Game. Yes. And then, of course, the next game I lose is the work league, the money league, and I'll tell you why. I lost so one, one, two, one, two, oh. one, two are down. Oh, is it one, two, and three? But I'll tell you why. Because I had Josh Allen at quarterback, T. Higgins got zero points, and then I had. That's really it. I mean, I I didn't have anybody go crazy. How much did you lose by? Um, I lost. One oh one oh five to ninety five. So only by ten points. So nothing too crazy. So if T. Higgins, if had I had Josh Allen have a normal game, I would. You have probably won. should have won. Yeah, yeah. I was projected to win by like ten points, and then everything went south. So then the next game I lost. Let's see. Was just my. It's the uh, roommates league. I lost one so six, one two and six. Yeah, one ten to ninety nine, and I lost because I had Josh Allen at quarterback again. And then what else happened? Oh, I had – oh, I shouldn't have lost this one. Yeah, I had Josh Jacobs as a running back. only got nine points. Um, and I'm trying to look at – trying to think. So you, I can't see that one. I can't go back that's now. That's all right. Yeah. So you went 4-3 and three with the teams that you drafted, 1-0 with the teams Morgan drafted. 1-0 with the teams Morgan drafted, yep. Um, and then, I mean, 5-3 and three is a solid week. 5-3 I mean, and three is a solid week. It's just kind of unfortunate, though, that you lost two leagues that you don't want to lose. Well, the, uh, I, I do want to highlight this real quick if I can. The two leagues I'm in where I won on Sleeper, I have a I have five on ESPN or six on ESPN and two on Sleeper. So on Sleeper, I won with Joe Burrow only getting me 3.18 points because I had Stefan Diggs get 29, Brandon Ayuk get 35, and the Eagles defense get 15 in this one. And then in the next one, Joe Burrow got 3.18 points again. Justin Jefferson got 24, Garrett Wilson got 14. Uh, Connor got 12 from Arizona. Brandon Ayuk got 32. And then the Cowboys defense comes in hot with 40 points. 40 points on defense. And uh, 
yeah, so these leagues I was projected to lose by a large margin after Joe Burrow went to three points. Um, but I had a lot of lot of skill players come in in the defense save the day for me. So you know, five and three again, four and four and three really of teams I drafted. Not too you're shabby. Managed. I'm you're plus five hundred over the, over the the start. So we'll keep track. Hey, listen, I, I won a league co managing with my brother the first year we played. We drafted Peyton Manning fourth overall. It was here in 2013. I think, I think I that think, was a while I, ago. I think Pen Mang did pretty well that year. Yeah, I would think so too. So, yeah. transitioning now from Bills talk, from fantasy football talk to a brief Sabres talk. We Wait, talked... one thing on the Bills talk actually. Speaking of Jordan Poyer, there I do want, I do want to mention this. Okay, while I was in Philadelphia, I may or may not. You mean New Jersey? New Jersey, not Philadelphia. Jeez, I don't even know where I've just been. <laughs> I've been all over the place. So when I was in New Jersey. We, there was a tailgate at a sports bar that shuttled us to MetLife Stadium on little buses. They had four little buses running. I'm standing there talking with some Bills fans, and they said they met Jordan Poyer's dad. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Who comes walking through the door behind? Jordan Poyer's dad. So I just had to get a picture with them. And it's it was absolutely one of the coolest guys out there. Comes up, shakes the hand, gets the picture. And the funniest thing about it was uh, he's got – if you can't tell if you're watching – that little badge on his polo is JP. It's it's a Jordan Poyer brand shirt. And I asked him, I'm like, that's an awesome shirt. Like, where where did you get it? He was like, I have to make my own because they don't make them in 4X. Because if you can't tell, what a guy. What a man. Like, he, he was he was stacked. He's a big guy. Absolute unit. He, um, I did a little digging on him. And he is not Jordan Poyer's uh, biological father his technical stepfather, but he's stepped in and raised him, and, you know, got that competitive edge to him and made him the athlete he is today, baseball, football, all of that. So it was great to meet that guy. I appreciate you saying this story after we crapped on him. I know, I know, I know, but still I had to, I mean, no, I respect it. it. It's, it was, it was a cool meeting and I have another meeting story. Technically. I mean, you, we just meet, we you just, we, I mean, Alex Tuck's mom, and Alex, Alex Tuck's mom, Jordan Poyer's dad. I'm eating the parents, right? Yeah. Like that's just what's he's happening. Part of the, part of the parental, uh, Pagula, well, not even Pagula sports entertainment. Cause I got yanked, but yeah. Transitioning now to Sabres talk very briefly. There'll so be another meeting story. Before talk we talk too. about the main thing, which is Rasmus Stalin's potential contract. That's very rumored. I do want to briefly say that the Prospects Challenge is this Friday, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. Very entertaining, very good roster. Massive Warrior will be there. Zach Benson will be there. Yuri Kalik will be there. Ryan Johnson will be there. Uh, no Levi. Not a prospect. Uh, it seems. <laughs> uh, no Lucas Ruzak. So that seems to me that they don't view him as a prospect, but as a guy fighting for the spot. Right. Interesting to see that Kulik is there. Uh, because what does that really view him as? I just want to double check before I say this out loud. Because I had the the picture of the roster in front of me, Isaac Rosine is also there. Okay, so it seems to me that they still maybe view Kalik and Rosine more as roster player, uh, mm-hmm. not roster players, but more as prospects Prospect than players, than yeah. pure. Uh, but they still doesn't mean that they can't compete for a spot. So I think that 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 is very cool. Shows the amount of NHL talent that the Sabers have coming up in their prospect rings, and I think it's a cool opportunity for if anyone wants to go to those games. Um, yeah, should be really well, fun. I will tell you what I've come to learn about the Sabers having. Like, I, you know, I was into them more as a kid when I played hockey, really fell out of it for a while because they were so bad. Um, since starting the podcast, getting really into them, going to games, you know, with you guys, um, it's been it's been really, really awesome. I just there's a sense of fear with the Bills, right? Sense of, I don't know, uneasiness with the Bills 
The Sabres, though, I'm just so excited to see them play this season. I really am. Like, yeah, there's nothing but excitement for me. Where the Bills, I'm nervous. Like, you know, are they going to make it? Are they going to go out? Whatever. I'm not even going to manifest any of this. But the Sabres, I'm just so excited. They've got a great young core guys that you know are on their way to being good, and they could be good for a long time if they keep it up. So Absolutely. I'm just super excited. Yeah, so changes anymore to our, our main Sabres. Obviously, coming up, we'll have more. But Rasmus Dahlin was in the news. Rumored of his contract around eight years. I think the number is more ten and a half. People said, but I think it's going to be in the ten ten and a half range. Shows you why you really shouldn't bridge players. I know Dalian at the time would have been a huge gamble extending because he really struggled with Ruff Kruger, but yeah, I had seventy three points in seventy eight games. The soccer top coach. ten. The Norris viewed as a top ten defenseman is going to get paid. And then I mean, listen, Kevin Ams did a good job getting ahead of Dylan Cousins, ahead of Tage Thompson. He couldn't get ahead of Rasmus Dahlin because he bridged him. Same similar situation to Sam Reinhart, but Sam Reinhart wanted to leave. Exactly. So the player in this situation, Rasmus Dahlin, has all the leverage. He's going to get that massive extension. It's going to be $80 million. It's going to be in the 10, 10 range, but um, exciting to hear that he wants to stay for the future. And I think my personal opinion is that they're waiting because I think he's going to be the future captain of the team. Okay. I think he's going to get the C. I, I think, obviously, Oposo's still there, so I don't know if they're going to be like, hey, like, Oposo may sit games, Dowling will see, or it's going to be like a split captaincy. Maybe. I don't know how it's going to roll, but... I, I don't th- think it'll be a problem between I, either. I, I, obviously, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but yeah. I think next year, Dowling will be wearing... After this season, I think Oposo is definitely going to retire, and Dowling's going to be wearing the C, but I'm interested, intrigued to see maybe if they do kind of a split captaincy this year, because while this guy is still young, he's the best player on the team, in my opinion, and I think he's shown his leadership to just grow. Yep. And he's really matured into the role of being captain, while Jack Eichel, unfortunately, was kind of pushed into the role of captain. He was, at a he, young age, and it, it, that's what... It's not really Jack's fault, no, but it's what the no. organization was at the time. So. It's, yeah, the organization just, I, I guess I want to say failed him on that. But, no, they definitely did. Um, little another meeting story here, if we have time for that. Yeah. So I'm sitting on my plane ride home, right, where it's a United Airlines. I've had the sampler of airlines in the past month went to dc for a family wedding um flew american for the first time i've only flown southwest or JetBlue. flew JetBlue to new york city flew united back so i think i've hit the big what big five big four somewhere around there did you hit southwest oh yeah southwest is that's the first one i ever went on but this was a smaller plane so i'm thinking to myself okay you know we're gonna see a lot of bills a lot of buffalo people here going home after the game which was true everybody had bill stuff on and looked really doom and gloom and there were a couple Jets fans just talking to Bills fans like, you know, Josh will bounce back. I heard one guy saying all this stuff. Even Jets fans saying it. So camaraderie at an all-time high going back to Buffalo. Anyway, I sit down. I'm I'm next to a stranger, actually, funnily enough. You know, just another, you know, Bills fan, whatever. And I'm the only one who seemed to notice this. My, my parents are on the aisle. They're across from me. They're next to me technically, but across the aisle. There's this kid who looks like he's my age, looks very familiar. I'm trying to put my foot on exactly who he is. Takes his backpack off. He looks like I kind of like look at him, kind of make eye contact. I like nod. He like nods like a hello. <laughs> and then he puts his bag up and he's like lifting it because I had a backpack. So I, I used my under the seat, whatever, as like a carry on. There was no room in his overhead compartment. So he came back and used mine. As he's lifting and I see a little wolf on the front and I see D Levi on the bag. And I'm like, no way is this Devin Levi. Of course, he asked for a bottle of water too for the hostess. He's got to go sit and get hydrated. You know, he's getting ready. So 
he's sitting a couple rows up from me. Like he's walking back. He knew, like I, like I knew, but I didn't know like who it was. I put my foot on it. I could lean over to my mom and my stepdad over on the other side. I'm like, I'm like that's, that's Devin Levi. And the, they're like, no, no way, no way he's on this flight. And I'm like, the Sabres were at, a lot of the guys were at the game last night. There, there, there's an absolute possibility. And then I pulled up a picture and they're like, oh my God, the, what an observance on your end there to, to see that. And then, you know, we're going down the escalator, down the baggage claim at the end of the, uh, whatchamacallit, at the end of the, the flight. And there's a guy in a tuxedo and he's got D. Levi written on a whiteboard. And I'm like, yep, I knew it. I was like, that's Devin Levi. Uh attempted to maybe ask for a picture not attempted but like was gonna try to on the plane that would have given him just, away just admit that you chickened out no i didn't chicken out he had did you head. ask him no he had his head down he was getting his stuff he stayed on the plane way past he was like where everyone was getting that's a, off veteran. That's a veteran move it's a veteran move he did he clearly didn't want to be noticed and i'm not going to be the one to get on the plane and draw attention to him you know what I mean? If I say, "Hey, this is a Sabers goalie," he's gonna be swarmed getting off the plane. You could have at least said hello and said. I nodded. Luck. I nodded. I you guess like good luck. Man. You know, being respectful. I've been respectful. Oh my to god! Do. No, I just I didn't want to draw attention to him because he clearly didn't want attention drawn to himself. But anyway, Devin Levi. You could have asked him what he thought about the Soka series so far. I still haven't watched it. I'm going to when I go home tonight, though. Anyway, that's my story on. Bumping into Devin Levi, not meeting like Jordan Poyer's dad, but bumping into Devin Levi. So we're bumping into everybody. Where? What? Who else did we? I bumped into Kevin Adams at the Thomas Rec concert. You bumped into Pagula too. Like it was all over the place, you know. So we're we're bumping into everybody but the no. I bumped into the player now. I was bumping into everybody but the players, but now I bumped into a player. So it's crazy, crazy time. We got a good week coming up. Betting on the Bills coming to you on Friday. Had a lot of fun doing that again last week. Love doing it. Um, anything else? Any any lingering thoughts you'd like to address here as we we close out a nice recap episode here? Go Bills. Go Bills. Stay hungry. Mount up. Keep the faith. We'll catch you on Friday for betting on the Bills.